every movie consists of three parts or acts. The first part is called The Pledge. The movie maker shows you something ordinary. A deck of cards, a Frené Branca, or a man. He shows you this movie. Perhaps he asks you to compare it with other movies to see that it is indeed a movie like you've always seen. Normal, standard, but of course, it probably isn't. The second act is called The Turn. The filmmaker takes the ordinary movie you're expecting and takes it in an unexpected direction. Now, you're looking for the secret, but you won't find it. Because of course, you're not really looking. You don't really want to know. You want to be full. But that's not enough, because making something different in a movie isn't enough. You have to make it make sense. <laughs> that's why every movie has a third act. The hardest part. The part we call the great twist ending. And in certain filmmakers, you can find that they like to shake up with multiple twist endings, such as my good friend, Christopher Nolan. Oh, I'm going to have my friend Abranca now. Thanks, Chris. Is that what we got there in the can, did we, Chris? Well, twist. Um, what the twist? It's, uh, it's 2006's third magic movie. The Prestige. What was the second one? Scoop. Also starring Hugh Jackman and Scarlett Johansson. I've never seen it. I haven't even seen The Illusionist, which of course was the the one you've seen it, right? It's interesting. Yeah? Ricky Jay is also in it, right? The guy, yeah. the magician they work for, yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting because I... Do you think that's based in a real magician? Like it's, Who? Me- it's, it's Ricky me- Jay? Yeah, it's meant to be a real story. Well, I mean, there were, there were a lot of magicians doing drowning women tricks back then. I don't think he'd Most notably, Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan drives his wife. <laughs> oh. No, um, not Ricky... Do you mean the Chinese magician? Because he is based on a real... No, I, I can't remember that, but... No, it's meant to be a realistic story. The Prestige? No, no, The Illusionist. Oh, I've never seen it. So It's, what... it's meant to be a real story. I think, okay, right. I think it's a real story. Can't really remember. Interesting. But yeah, it's meant to be more realistic. And it's all about... Is he, um... Oh, you mean so David Bowie doesn't invent a multiplication machine? <laughs> yes. <in it? laughs> That's right. I thought this was doing that. I thought this was this like, prestige. I thought the prestige was going to be It's shot factual. so gritty and realistic, and then it's like, wait a fucking second. He just invented a machine that copies matter, and he, he's giving it away to a magician. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's crazy. So, it's so like I love that um, in this universe, Tesla has problems with money. Because Edison's clearly trying to get him and, like, take, take him over. So he takes all of Hugh Jackman's money. And it's like, you invented a machine that can copy things. Why don't you just take a $1 bill and just copy it a thousand times and then keep piling it up and you're compounding your money? <laughs> Would do you a lot better than taking Hugh Jackman's money. Um, you did, know, did, did you use the most amazing machine okay. ever created? He, he invented the created... Oh, like the real Edison. Magic. Like the real Tesla. He invented the craziest machine ever invented. And... Just didn't do, use do it you know for anything. The, the thing about Tesla's last invention? No, I know nothing about it. It's it's just a, a theory. No? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just uh, not theory. What is it called when people go crazy about shit? Um, conspiracy theory? Conspiracy theory. <laughs> it's a conspiracy yeah. that he actually invented a machine that could create earthquakes. And then okay. the day he died, the government went to his house and took it. Right. That's and they've been a, using it ever since. To... That's an actual conspiracy. I don't know who would believe that, but that's actually something that people think that happened. Okay. 
Interesting. It's like, hmm, earthquake making machine. All right. Interesting. The Prestige. Christopher Nolan's fifth movie. He, yeah, fifth movie. Yeah. Mm. Don't make me second guess it. It's his fifth movie. Yeah. Um, really, really good film. It was really good to rewatch it. I, I, my background, this is um, probably the second Nolan film I ever watched because Batman Begins was my first. Mm. And then pretty soon after this, this was released. I didn't see it in theaters because it looked, from the marketing, it looked quite scary. So my parents didn't want me to see it. It looked a lot more like kind of a horror thriller we were, in the marketing. We were pretty young when this came out. Yeah, right. very young. I was, you know, 10 years old. Yeah, about that. Um, but I saw it on DVD, hilariously, maybe a year after it came out at um, this vacation house we went to. And we went back to this house several times over like the next decade. And it was just a movie that we would always watch whenever mm-hmm. we were there. So I've watched this film maybe seven or eight times is it, the, is it your most watched novel no no Dark Knight's definitely my most watched <laughs> but it, it would definitely be the second I think almost certainly yeah, yeah. it would be that it would either be Begins or this would be my second most watched this is my second viewing ever yeah yeah I don't have my story behind yeah, yeah, it yeah. I, ju- I just saw it on Netflix once oh yeah, like, yeah oh it's just a Nolan and I watched it <laughs> Yeah, it's a great film. Like it, yeah. it, it holds up really well, even when you know all of the twists in it. Like I really enjoy watching it every single I, time. I actually think knowing where it's going, knowing the twist makes you enjoy it more. Yeah, which is weird. You know what's great that I really pick up on more and more every time. Okay. Bale is doing. I'm just going to spoil the whole movie because I'm assuming that people have watched it. It's a 14 year old film. Yeah, it's so. 14 years old. I think Christian Bale is doing a really good job of playing each of the twins differently. Like, you can yep. tell from the behaviour which one is which. Okay. And one of them likes being called Freddy and one likes being called Borden, which I picked up on this time. Sorry like for... Freddy is the asshole and Borden is the, yeah. the good guy. So, yeah, my biggest problem is that Mr. Fallon... Mm. He looks really... He looks really odd. Yeah, yeah. In my opinion. He doesn't look like... A, a normal human. human to yeah. look like. He stands and out a little bit. He stands out quite a bit. Now, Which the bigger thing I think that makes him stand out is that everybody in this cast is like... Like, Scarlett Johansson is like sixth build in this cast. Like, every fucking person in this cast. Like, oh my God. the guy who works for Hugh Jackman is fucking Roger Reese, who's like a legend of um, British stage and television. He's like a really famous actor. Hmm. So as soon as you're like, oh, wait, the, the, the guy who is the Michael Caine of Christian Bale is for some reason not being featured on screen at all... Who the fuck is that actor? You just start thinking, who is that actor? And you, and after a while, you're like, wait a second. And that's why they don't go to a close-up until the very end in the prison, when they give away that it's Christian. Okay, so, um, talking about twist and knowing the twist of a film. Yes. And just mentioned that what's in this, knowing the twist, is actually like... It's satisfying. It's satisfying. Well, it's a, it's a fun film regardless. It's like when you watch Fight Club, knowing the twist... I hate to bring up Fight Club so much, but... When you watch it knowing the twist, it's like, yeah, you still enjoy the journey of seeing the hints and seeing the, the kind yeah. of ma- machinations of the film. Yeah, you know which film I think does a terrible job at that? Which one? The Sixth Sense. Yeah. It doesn't make a lot of sense if you watch it knowing that, you know, Bruce Willis is dead. Like the one scene that What? The one scene sees... No, wait, what did you say? You watch it knowing... What? He's dead? <laughs> Fuck, man, I've never seen it. Like, you, you could have, like, warned me. Jesus. By the way, uh, Christian Miller has a twin on this. Yeah. Do you want to know something really bad? What? I'm going to confession. F- hashtag movie confessions. 
should be actually number one on the list of films that I'm so guilty for not having actually watched. I've never watched Sixth Sense. No, I could. Well, people have spoiled it my entire life, so I've been like, should I just fucking do it? I, uh, like, okay, Gone with I, the Wind, Sixth Sense. You know what? I didn't know that. that no, I no, Sixth Sense is, is worse than Gone with the, with the Wind. And I know a lot of people... I've not wa- Wait, have you watched Gone with the Wind? I think I... I haven't seen the whole thing. I, I remember yeah, right. I it was once on TV. I think someone else was watching it. I own it and on I walked Blu-ray. in. I really should watch it. I walked in as they were finishing. Right. Right. But um Sixth Sense, that's interesting. You haven't watched it. Yes, I have. You watch it. Yeah, 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 I will. I I'm sorry for reminding you of the twist. Oh, d- don't worry. It's it's <laughs> it's in there. If any twist is in there, it's in there. You need to get really Literally, really... I see dead people. It's you so need fucking... to see but no, I see that people was like, yeah, but but yeah, Bruce Willis, of course, he's gonna be a fucking. But like, host. you need you need to get one day really really drunk or high or something and and just play it and don't even I think about to, it. No, I need to have somebody break into my house and smash my head into a mirror so I've got the memory of the guy from Memento and just watch all my movies again. Um, no, because he remembers everything before the accident. Fuck. So I'll watch it and I'll never remember that I watched it. God damn it. <laughs> Just stuck, watching, watching, just stuck watching The Sixth Sense for the rest of eternity. You start watching and you'll be like, yeah. oh, I know the twist. Yeah. Like, oh, I know the twist. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, okay, The Prestige. Um, so Nolan's done Batman Begins. He's had this script since um, the year 2000, amazingly. Hmm. Because Christopher Priest writes the book in 96, I believe. And then Sam Mendes tries to option it in 98. And Christopher Priest is about to sell it to Mendez when um, he gets a chance to watch Following. And he likes Following so much that he actually contacts Christopher Nolan and offers him the rights to the book. For and Following? Chris- for Following. Not even... Really? Me- Memento hadn't come out yet. So it's really interesting that, like, so young in his career... And, and Christopher Priest said that was part of it, that he wanted to take a chance on kind of an unknown filmmaker. Because, of course, Mendez is already, like, an Oscar-winning director. Mm. Um, and it's really cool that Nolan, you know, gets that extra time to kind of gestate on the script. And he was going to make it before he got um, Begins. It was one of several films he was tossing okay. up doing um, before Begins. And then Begins, you know, hits big. And he rushes very quickly into production on this. And this comes out one year after Begins, almost exactly. One year? Yeah, 2005 oh, wow. is Begins and then 2006 is Prestige. It's pretty remarkable. Is that when he breaks his two-year gap for the first time? Yeah, it would be. Yeah. Well, no, I think I think there's three years between Insomnia. No. Yeah, there might be three years between Insomnia and Begins. Okay. I believe Insomnia is 2002. So, is Insomnia anywhere as good looking as this film? It's a very good looking film. I don't think it looks as good as this film just because of the setting of this film. It's also Wally Pfister. Like, like, is, is, is to it be as, clear, Wally like, Pfister is fucking on it, is, man. Is it as well shot and edited and... Oh, that's no, 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 no. no. It, it, it's a it's a worse film. It's it's a good film. It's not a great film. Okay, I, I genuinely I, think for most people this is one of their favorite Nolans, and it's definitely up there for me. I'm trying to get excited for Insomnia because I'll oh, get excited. I haven't heard okay. the best things about you it. You don't know anyone about anything about it, right? Al Pacino's on it. You just you don't know it. any of the other cast, right? You mentioned someone, but I forgot. Fuck yeah, good. Forget. Um, I think the cast alone makes Insomnia worth watching. And the cast is really fucking good. Insomnia is a really good film. I, I really like it. Um, it's it's by far the least memorable Nolan film for me. So it's not time travel. Oh, imagine no. if there was now. You'd be like, <laughs> holy shit! Um, uh, 
like uh, the Prestige, um, yeah, comes out year after begins, makes a pretty sizable critical impact. Like it, it was very, very well received because Nolan had just become you know so famous for Batman that this got a lot more money than it probably would have otherwise. Like I think it made forty eight million, which is pretty good for a movie about you know London yeah, magicians. It, it was it was on the edge of. A movie could more make, independent blockbuster. A movie yeah. could make a hundred million and be like, "Oh, that's a successful film." Yeah, it's true. I think right. this cost, from memory, I think this was a ten or twelve million dollar movie. Yeah, cheap. it brings four times its budget, and it's like, "Yeah, that's a good successful." Film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It made, like, profit, nah, made a good it profit. To, it now, marketing costs forty million dollars no, for everything. Now has to be a billion dollars, otherwise it's a failure. Yeah. Um, ten million. I believe 10 or 12 looks, million. I, I might be very wrong about that. Very good. Yeah, it's a, I, I really do think... I was saying this to you earlier. I think this might be um, my favourite Nolan Fister collaboration. Like, visually. Like, I love Dark Knight and I love Inception. But, like, I think the colour and the... Not even the colour, just the, the the framing and the and the imagery that they achieved together. Like, that shot when um, Andy Serkis has taken Jackman to the, to the lights where Tesla's doing the testing at night... And that field of lights just comes up. I'm like, this is fucking magical. Like, this is, pardon the pun, but this is just fucking, like, beautiful. This is one of, it's one of my favourite Nolan frames. And even, you know, Hugh Jackman in front of, like, the the lightning machine, the stuff with, you know, um, the people in the tanks drowning, like, all of it. It, it looks so fucking good. My favourite shot of the film, actually. Um, my favourite shot of the entire film that I feel like is so just nolan um showing his card about what appealed to him about the story is the scene of jackman under the stage when he's got the double up top taking the bow and jackman is under the stage and he's like raising his arms getting Mm. the applause even though they no one knows that it was him Mm. i love that i think that's actually partly what attracted nolan to the idea of the film because he talked a lot about how this film was directly for him an analogy for filmmaking and the kind of process of special effects as a filmmaker. And it's very obvious when you watch it yeah, that that's what he's doing. The whole film is about, like, the misdirection a filmmaker does. Hmm. All his films... Deal with misdirection? No, deal with filmmaking and... Not all, but but, but his personal projects. Like, you look at... Yeah, his personal Memento definitely does, I'd argue. In a more subtle way, but I think it definitely, like, is pulling on... Yeah, I think it's definitely deconstructing filmmaking, you'd agree. And can you explain how? Oh, because, like, Leonard's whole thing is, like... Um, it's, it's not as direct as, like, this, but, like, Leonard is creating a narrative for himself, and he's creating a character. Like, he literally is putting on a costume and saying, I'm, like, this, you know, vengeance-seeking guy. This is my narrative I'm creating for myself. Like, he decorates the room with items... To like motivate his fucking character, like he's hmm. he's literally okay. creating his yeah he's creating his own story and you know Nolan's deconstructing the whole thing of um, expectations based on previous information by going backwards. So hmm. yeah, it's it's definitely looking at the art of filmmaking. This is looking at it in a much more obvious way, which is you know full in. It's it's like literally talking about what the twist of a movie is. Like the first line of the movie is, "Are you watching closely? Like, are you paying attention?" and um. This, this movie is all about, like, setup and misdirection and how filmmakers mm. use that. And it's about obsession, which I, I think even more than filmmaking, Nolan's biggest thing that he's fascinated with in his characters is obsession. Like, that's in every single one of his characters. 
all his characters, well, all his most like um, memorable characters are like deeply obsessive. Most most tragedies are about obsession. But that's the thing, right? It's very Nolan primal. doesn't Nolan doesn't make Spielbergian like heroes. He he makes tragic like protagonists. Yeah. 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 And that's that's kind of fascinating. All of them with dead wives. <laughs> all of them. All of them. This was around the time people started because there's there's two dead wives in this film, don't forget. <laughs> Doubles up. Poor Piper Perabo. Double and the then dead wife. Piper Perabo goes and then Rebecca Hall. Um it's a real shame Piper Perabo isn't in much anymore. Um I'm talking about I'm talking about dead, dead wives. Yes. Um so something we talked about at the end when we finished the film. I think mm. Christian Bale it's at 100% up for he's the bad guy in this story. He started it and you disagreed. You said that um yeah, he started it but uh it's, you know, Hugh Jackman that went too far. That's, that's that said. yeah, that's what I argue the story is I about. Think, you start think, out thinking Bale is the villain. I think Bale is the villain throughout the whole thing. No, 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 no. Jack, Jack, Jackman, Jackman gets goes insane. I, I fully go. It's about a man going insane with obsession. Yeah, but his obsession is not that terrible. Jackman's. Yeah, it's not that terrible. He, he fakes his own death to steal a guy's child. It's pretty bad. He gets a man in prison for like no reason. For killing his wife. No, he didn't. Yeah, he killed his okay, wife. Okay. To be clear, the the wife played by Piper Barabo, who uh, I was saying is excellent in this, she um told Jackman to do the knot, and by Jack and by sorry, she told Bale. She told um Fallon, who is the bad twin. No, he she didn't say to do it. Yeah, she nodded to him. Do do the knot. They were discussing. She was like, "Yep, I can slip the knot." And he's like, yeah, cool. Yeah, the knot will work. Yeah, J- Jack yeah, sorry, so I gotta do bail. Yeah, the knot will work. I've tried it. You, you know, not better than me, do you? It's so funny that like we we were joking about this, but these characters. You do not. No. Amazingly, Christopher Nolan like was approached by both Bale and Jackman to play the roles, and nobody could have fucking played them better. And in the years since this film, it's so funny that Hugh Jackman, mm. Hugh Jackman, who in this film is playing like this incredibly extravagant like man who just craves the attention of the audience. Hugh Jackman is now literally best known for like the greatest showman, and Christian Bale is known for being an obsessive who wants to like transform himself and dedicate his life to an ideal, like the character in this film. And now Christian Bale is like notorious for literally transforming himself for every single role. Um, but what I was going to say about Bale is that it's just so funny now when you see there's that great scene where Bale's like yelling at uh, at um, Fallon saying. What can't you outthink him? And I was thinking, he was like, "Fuck, that really sounds like Christian Bale on the Terminator set." <laughs> so he's not—he's not acting. He's not acting. Well, he's no, the best—the best actors aren't acting. All acting is truth. <laughs> oh, God, this—this um, this really is a film about acting. If he's ever made one, so yeah, Memento. This film, um, to a degree, Batman Begins, but more so Inception. Inception is definitely the most obvious, other than this. And Interstellar. It's about filmmaking? Well, he's editing at the end of the film. Oh, yeah, that was the joke that we... That was <laughs> that, that guy. Uh, oh, it was so funny about like how Interstellar is actually about the death of film, which I quite like as a theory. And um, and do we want to say about... Tenet's not really about filmmaking, except that... Maybe it's about how Michael Bay makes films. We didn't think about that. Oh, he thinks about the special effects Yeah, first... first. 
genius. All that stuff happens first and then into the plot. Mm. So, in order, because this really gets us through the plot of the film. Fallon, uh, the, the, the bad, bad Bale, like bad twin Bale. We've got a... Oh, yeah, no. Fallon uh, and Bale. Yeah, so it's like... Uh, no, it's Freddie and Borden. That's the two. Freddie and Borden. Who's who? I don't Rebecca remember. Hall calls um, the bad one Freddie. And then Borden is like the one, the good one. They, they're both called Alfred Borden when they're playing... Christian Bale, and then they're Fallon when they're playing the the guy. You, you know something cute that um someone pointed out, which like I believe is probably intentional because the names in Inception are obviously intentional. Is um Alfred Borden and uh oh my god, what's Jackman's character's name? Um, Dante. Dante. Uh, Robert Angier. Dante. Robert Angier. Um, their initials spell Abra, like Abracadabra. Ah, yeah, it's like a neat little thing. Oh, I guess. that's cute. It's cute. Um. So in this order, um, Christian Bale. Uh, <laughs> you forgot. Fuck, <laughs> Freddie. Freddie ties the knot too tight on her, so she can't get free in the water. So she drowns because ninety-year-old Michael Caine is carrying yeah, a fucking is the axe. Funniest thing is that they, they they half. You have Hugh Jackman and Christian Batman Bale on stage. Who's gonna take the axe and smash the case open? Freddie Brunk. Yeah, I'm on my way, Master Wayne. <laughs> It's like, it's what? He's already <laughs> dead by the time he arrives. Yeah, he's so slow with the axe. I was like, fuck. And also, like, it's a fucking... Like, you, you've locked it at the top, but surely you can fucking unlock it. It doesn't have to be a real lock. No, it doesn't have, it doesn't to, have to be a real lock at all. Like, no audience member's going up and checking the lock while she's drowning. Oh, man. Um, but it's great because, of course, the, the thing that's philosophically really interesting about it is that at the end of the movie, Jackman is drowning himself over and over again just the same way she died. It's in the same tank, I think they even say. Because it's an in, any inefficient way to kill someone. It's very inefficient, but it's very metaphorical, which, you know... <laughs> I, yeah, I guess. It's, it, the more inefficient way is that they have to take the water tank out every night. <laughs> It's like, oh my god! It's huge water tanks. Just yeah, make it smaller. And the guy's moving it a blind. <laughs> it's fucking. I, I don't get the blind, so they don't see that someone's dying every night. Yeah, I know. I, I I get the reason why, but I don't get how they could do it. Do their job. Yeah. Hugh Jack was like, "You just pull hair, and uh, you're good." But literally, it. You meant to. Is, is he going downstairs every time to tell them? And then he comes back upstairs it's like, Oh, prestige! No, it's, <laughs> it's fucking hell. The, the, the funnier thing... Um... The funniest thing is... Oh. Alright, so in this order... He goes, Jack... <laughs> he goes like... He's screaming and shit. I'm no! I have a theory about that. I have a fucking theory about it. So like... Um, so in this order... Bale's Bale, Bale uh, kills uh, Jackman's wife. Jackman then disguises himself and shoots off Bale's fingers in the bullet catch. Bale then has to mutilate him and his brother's fingers to, say, match. And then Bale takes revenge on Jackman by going to his show and fucking up the birdcage and breaking that woman's fingers. That, yeah. That's really fucking brutal, by the way. I was yeah, like, was that's, so that's probably the most... Nolan's really good at communicating pain without much gore. Like, I was thinking about, like, how in mm. both this and The Dark Knight, you've got someone getting dropped from, like, a ledge and both of their knees breaking... And like oh, both yeah. of them, they have to wear, use a cane afterwards. And like the fucking sound of like legs breaking is like, oh, it's so fucking yes, painful. It's very good. Um, oh yeah, and that's the next thing is that um, of course Jackman steals Bale's trick, tries to do it better, and then Bale fights back by um, 
turning Bale's audience, uh, Jackman's audience against him, and he makes Jackman That's my fall down. But, in the film. Oh, it's the best scene in the film. It's Holy the best fuck. scene in the film. It's 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 one of the best Christian Bale scenes of all time. He's so fucking funny. Mm-hmm. Um, he Christian Bale's so good yeah. when he gets to be funny. He gets to be a little bit funny in this. Poor Mr. Ferrari, I guess he's trying to be quite oh, humorous. Oh, he's so funny is in that. Is he funny in that? I Poor remember, Mr. Ferrari. I don't remember laughing a lot at his character. You've got... That's, that's a rubbish car you got there, that Mustang. It's rubbish, you know? He's great. And then in Big Short, he's funny. Okay, so... Um, Vice, he's pretty funny. Uh, sorry, gang. Uh, I believe I'm having a heart attack. Yeah, that scene when the... Is actually Christian Bale picks up the hat. Oh yeah, we'll, like, we'll get to it. I'm just recounting the fuckery. Of okay, them both. okay, yeah. Because this is a movie about them fucking each other over. So the easiest way to recount the plot is just talking about how they fuck each other over. Breaks mm. Bale breaks Jackman's legs, and that persuades Jackman to go to Tesla, and that's where like the movie begins with Jackman on his way to Colorado. He goes to see Tesla. Um, Bale leads him on like this. Bale sends him using his code word on like a merry chase. That ends up giving Jackman exactly what he wanted <laughs> by accident. Yeah, it's I really found that weird. funny. I found that kind of funny. That Bale sends him in a misdirect that turns out to be the best thing he could have yeah. done for him. It's quite funny, yeah. And then um, Jackman uh, invents his new trick. Bale tries to find out how the trick works, and he uh, then falls into the. T- uh, Jackman forces clone into the tank, which frames Bale for his murder, and then Bale gets sentenced to death. Jackman takes Bale's daughter away and then Bale is hung by the neck and the other brother survives and the other brother kills Jackman. And that's the film. That's literally the entirety of the film. Okay, bye everyone. And Bale gets his daughter back, most importantly. It's the final, you know, happy beat of the film. You forgot, um, you forgot that Bale's wife kills herself because Bale is oh, yeah, too yeah, stupid yeah. to tell her, I have a twin brother. Yeah. You think it would have been a little bit... No, but it's absolute commitment, guys. Okay, yeah. It's I, absolute commitment. I have a question. Why didn't he just tell her? I have a question. Yeah. The twin brothers... Yes. ...have the same penis size. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah? I guess, I guess right? They have I to, guess. Right? I really wish we'd Googled this <laughs> off, Mike. Fucking hell. No, I, I actually... Now I'm going to be thinking about only uh, this. <laughs> The was, whole time we're recording. I was going to ask you this during the screening, and then I said, no, I'm going to wait for the film. And there is no way you wouldn't be able to tell the difference if you were going to bed with someone every yeah, night. It's yeah, impossible. It's impossible. It's just... Because they're meant to be swapping every time they do the trick. That's what they say in the film, is the trick is where we swapped. They're meant to swap between being, fre- yeah. uh, between being yeah, yeah. Fallon and uh, Borden. So, like, but he's not doing the t- trick for the whole film. I know, so they've just been <laughs> doing something, yeah. Um, okay, yeah, yeah. So going back just to some other kind of things I love about this film. Um, Jackman's studio gets a lot of mileage in the film. They use it for, like, a bunch of locations. And just the whole aesthetic, the whole production design of this film is just... It's Nathan Crowley, of course, working with Nolan now for the third time. This film is really fucking good looking. Like the aesthetic, the Victorian aesthetic of it is just, just really gorgeous. Mm. It's the first um, Nolan film since Following set in England. I just realised. Set in England and America. It's set in um, London and Colorado. I thought Gotham City was in England. <laughs> Were you actually thinking for a second? No, nah. I was thinking about. You, you remember that scene where Jim Gordon's like, "Oh blimey, <laughs> yeah. oh blimey, Batman's here." Yeah, the Joker had an English accent. 
You want to know how I got these scarves? <laughs> I'm going to do a magic trick. <laughs> I'll make this pencil disappear. That's just, just um, Kane. You just do Kane while you're doing this. No, I was trying to do like a Ray Winston. <laughs> I'm going to make this pencil disappear. Ray Winston trying to do a American accent in The Departed should have single-handedly disqualified that film from Best Picture. <laughs> have you watched it recently? No, I haven't. It's a great film, but Ray Winston's American accent is really fucking bad. Ah, I'm just going to tell you, I don't really notice. Well, no, sometimes I notice bad English accents. accents. I notice bad accents a lot. Here's the thing, I, I haven't said it in the podcast, but I told you already. New Mutants, I a lot don't of bad not... accents. Oh my god. Terrible. Stop talking about Marisa it. Williams, what the fuck were you doing? Anyways. Oh, she was fine. I was thinking the Russian chick. Yeah, Fucking too. Hell. No, terrible too. Oh my but god. Like, um, yeah, I don't know what an American accent is. Well, Hugh Jackman in this film is doing a very stagey mid-Atlantic accent. And the cool thing that I like is that he goes to um, Angie's, which who is actually, um, who is actually uh, uh, Lord Cordlow. He goes back to his, like, real accent at the end of the film, which is, like, this very kind of uh, stoic British accent. So he's playing a character who is actually British, but the whole film is pretending that he's American, and he's doing, like, a, oh, yes, the magic show. I'm gonna, you know, put on a magic show for everyone. I'm American. This is how Americans speak. You see, that sounds to me normal. That American accent? Yeah, because that's how... But that's that mid-Atlantic, like, kind of exaggerated American. Really, I just don't. Yeah. I can't Bruce, hear it. I, for some reason, I can't hear. There's that. no like American American in this film. I'm trying to think. I don't think there's a single. Oh, Ricky J, but he doesn't have a single line. Um, yeah, there's no American uh, American uh, character in the film. Oh no! Oh no! There. Oh yeah, Andy Circus plays an American American. Yeah. Well, Tesla was Swedish, right, or Swiss? I don't remember. Don't ask me this. <laughs> yeah, Circus is the only one playing an actual American. And his American accent is pretty good. He's playing like kind of a Bostonian American mm. accent. I saw your magic show three times at the Palais. You guessed what everyone had in their pockets. Well, my thing is that I can only recognize really exaggerated accents. So. Oh, blimey! Yeah, something like that. It's like... And... and section and stuff Every like that. magic trick has three acts. Frenheit Branca. We've got to find every a new si- Every single uh, <laughs> lunch has next, three dishes. Next week the of first one begins. is entry. Second one is the main course. And then the third one is the Frenheit Branca. We're going to talk about my favourite scene in all of Batman next week on Batman Begins but it's it, uh, when Alfred comes he says I prepared a little supper, Master Wayne. After his parents had <laughs> died, he's like, I prepared a friend a branca for you, Master Wayne. Here, get this in ya, boy. You have a friend a branca, you'll feel alright. <laughs> My favourite scene in any Batman movie is... Why is it so funny? It's just a funny drink to say. It's, it's funny to say it in his voice. It's, it's just funny, it's just funny that like a, a plot point at the end of The Dark Knight Rises is Michael Caine having a friend a branca. I'm enjoying a drink, well earned. Um, <laughs> so good. I won, Master Wayne. I think my favorite scene in yeah. any Batman film, it's gonna be the uh, first time that Colin Farrell shows up in the next Batman. And I'm I like, can't Holy wait! Holy fucking shit! I can't wait. What? What did you do to his face, <laughs> Richard? Oh. Kind is that you? <laughs> Why didn't you just cast Richard Kind? Why do you cast any actor that's fatter than Colin Farrell? <laughs> 
Oh, oh man, um, this is a fucking great film. I, I like, I really like this film. I, 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 I literally yeah, didn't no, realize until great. I just told you that, of course, Jackman is doing something like Bale, where the entire film he's playing a guy who's pretending to be mm. someone else. Yeah, it's so clever. There's so many like that's why it's fun to rewatch because it's, it's just a fun. You, rewatch, there's so yeah. many layers that, and, and they're all so intercut beautifully. I think somebody clocked up that there's. Like maybe 140 time jumps in the whole film. There's like what? Yeah, it's like one per minute. It's it's a lot. There's a lot of them, and there's some that happen, you know, back to back to back. There's like a huge amount of um of linear like flashbacks and flash forwards and stuff. It, it's great. It's really really fun structure. Okay, Unlike I'm... other films that jump around with time in an annoying way, Nolan seems to have just gotten the rhythm of it down. So fucking good, and I think and this so film quick. is so quick, right? In like his car- in, in his career, it's crazy. Like it's following, crazy. following is really good with it. I think. I think following. I is, think following struggled a bit. Following is maybe the one of his movies where it definitely didn't need to be reordered in time. It's fun that it is, but like, and then Memento is so meticulously. It, it, it's a really obvious structure when you like draw it out, but like the fact that he made an entire movie committed to that. He's so mm. fucking crazy and cool. And then uh, Batman Begins has the flashbacks, but nothing else really. And then this is the first time it really feels like he's treating time like liquid. Like he's just going, <laughs> he's going wherever he wants yeah. in the film. And it, it, but it feels like it feels so organic. It, it mm. never feels like oh fuck, I want to like keep track of that. It's like was, each thing is so exciting that you're. There were two scenes I was like, wait. You were confused about when they were taking place. Yeah. It was when... But um, really early was, on. Yeah, it was when Kane was talking to the guy about the machine and it was after Jackman died. And you literally asked me, wait, when is this taking place? I'm like, yeah. this is after Jackman's dead. And you're like, oh, is it? Yeah. yeah. And that's fair. That's totally fair. It's only your second mm. viewing. So, like, yeah, it's, it, it, is a, it is a movie full of um, wonderful kind of things you can pick up on. This movie has so many... 30 second scenes, one minute scenes. Yes. It's a very fastly paced movie. Massively. With a lot yeah. of exposition. And I think this might be his best example. Of good exposition. Of good exposition. Oh, because after watching again... Um, Inception. Inception. I cannot realize how much in exposition there was. It's more and than you probably so, need, to be honest. And some yeah. of it is like very long. And then you have other lines that are very short that are going to be crucial for yes. the ending of the film and they're when treated I'm, and they're often treated in like these long unbroken takes whereas in this, like this you've got like close-ups of somebody saying you know something yeah. important yeah yeah so like i think exposition in this film and like the pace of it how fast is so this movie is so fast yeah it's so but quick you are never lost in in inception Not my all, sister yeah. my sister was asking me questions constantly <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm yeah like no, okay i understand yeah. why but in this this is like yeah it's so good it's so good and and I'm trying to think why that is and one of the things may well be because the funny thing is that Inception is much more linear than this film yeah Inception is almost entirely linear the entire film like obviously you've got, you got you got the time dilation at the end but really it's it's a linear but film it's still you're, linear. Always, you're always going forward in except, time. except the very first thing oh yeah but you, you're always <laughs> going forward in time yeah, it's right? always forward in time yeah, yeah it's, so, it's a linear weirdly enough that's a linear film it is yeah yeah well, Dark Knight's his most linear. Dark Knight has one flashback. That's the only t- film other than Insomnia. Where- oh, no, Insomnia has way more flashbacks. That, that's yeah. Rises? Yeah, it has, of course, it has the child in the pit, has a bunch of those. Oh, yeah. It has, you know, um, it has some Bruce Wayne flashbacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, like, uh, this film, um, I'm trying to think why that is. It's such an interesting thing to chat about. Because, like, 
maybe part of it is because I think the reason it works in this is because dramatically there is such a clear goal for both Jackman and Bale that causes them to need to ask questions. Whereas in Inception, other than Ariadne, everyone else knows what they're talking about. So when you get to a bit where like Leo DiCaprio is yelling at Joseph Gordon-Levitt, uh, like we, we drop into limbo and like Ariadne is saying, what, what's limbo? And I, I don't know. In okay. this, it makes sense that everyone is explaining the stuff that they're explaining. I, I, yeah, kind of got it. In this, you don't really... Well, the problem with Inception is that you have to explain how everything works. That's true. It's not... It's not like in here, which exposition is just, you know, characters discovering things. In that, they literally explaining to you, explaining Ariadne, what's going on. Right, they, yeah, they, it's they almost tell- like Nolan is not withholding any information. Yeah. Whereas in this, you don't actually know all the way how the transported man works until the final ten minutes, the final yeah. five minutes. Th- this is about characters trying to find out, and you are with the character. Yes, it's trying to find out. It's you're like, finding out exactly the how same does time. it do it. Yes. Oh, that's right. the the best fucking thing about this movie is the the thing we were talking about about how this movie is sort of this weird fucked up love story between Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman, where like. When Christian Bale does the first transported man, it's really like it's really shit. But and, and no one in the audience claps, and Michael Caine's like, "No, he's a wonderful magician. He's a terrible performer." And then Hugh Jackman sees it, and he goes back to Scarlett Johansson, and he sits down, and she's like, "How was it?" And he's like, "Did did the audience uh, was it good?" And he's like, "It was the greatest magic trick I've ever seen." And he's like shaking. You're like, "Holy fuck! It's so good that no one else appreciates it but Jackman. It's hmm. great." And and it feels like. Even when Bale goes to fuck with Jackman's transported man, he's like, look, I'm, d- I'm doing it better than you. It's so good. It's just like, they're, they're both literally just trying to out-magician each other. It's so funny. Are you going to bring out my... It's such my... a stupid idea for a movie, but it's so good. Can I bring out uh, my... What I would love to see one day? Yeah, please. Yeah, two magicians fighting each other like that, but not actually trying to fuck each other's lives like in this yeah 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 they actually try to cause physical torment to each other yeah which is like they really hate each other and they're trying to like outmaneuver each other and all that I want to see a comedy that is actually two magicians fighting each other just fucking with each other yeah because like that scene that I mentioned earlier with um, when Hugh Jackman is doing his trick yeah but then uh, Kristen Bill comes in and uh, he picks up the hat and like he actually interfered with the with the trick that to me was my favorite scene i yeah. love that scene and i feel i would love to see a film like that that it was multiple multiple things like that mm. right they actually like um like the tv show spy versus spy I think yes called, yeah, yeah 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 i love spy versus spy two spies trying to out spy each other <laughs> yeah and it's so lighthearted and fun it, it would be yeah. fun to see something like that I'm trying to think if there's anything like that. Like, I, I haven't watched Scoop, and Scoop is, a par- I think, a comedy. So that might literally be what Scoop is. Yeah. Um, it's so weird to think that three... Three magic magicians. films came out when, yeah, like, Hugh Jackman and Scott Johansson were in two of them. And then, Now You See Me came in and screwed up the whole... Um, not franchise. Now we see the first movie, <laughs> now we don't. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking those movies are so bad. <laughs> Made so much more money than this movie. Isn't that depressing? Yeah, well, it's because we've reached an era now that movies make $400 million instead of $40 million. It wasn't that much longer. It was like four years later than this. It's crazy. Yeah, what, what came out in between those years? 
Yeah, I know. A Dark Knight. Yeah. So, an Avatar. So. And by that time, people had seen the prestige and they're like, yes, more magic. More magic, yes. Um, oh, I love this scene. The, the scene with Christian Bale in the prison workshop where um, the guard's like taunting him. He's like, how did you get so famous? And, and Christian Bale's throwing up the ball and he, he fucks it up. And the, and the guy's like, oh, you're so bad at magic. How'd you get so famous? And then he starts walking and um, Christian Bale's like chained him up while he hasn't <laughs> noticed. It's great. It's really good. There's there's some really funny like little magic gags in this. Mm. Um, I, I really like Christian Bale in this movie. He, I, he, I think yeah, he's he does like a really job. excellent. Hmm. Like he's scary when he needs to be scary. He's a piece of shit when he needs to be a piece of shit. He's really sympathetic towards the end when you need him to be sympathetic. Nah, even he's, murdered Jack. he's great. He's so good. Love it. I totally believe that he's gonna like be the good one. Like it's a good ending. Hugh Jackman no, dies. No, I don't like the Hugh Jackman dies. No, no, I like do, Hugh does he? Oh, I never. Th- I didn't think about that. Yeah. Oh shit, does he? Oh, maybe you clone yourself. I, but you know the other thing I fucking love. Um, that uh, I've got to give Mr. Sunday Movies credit because he gave me this thought too. Is that Hugh Jackman a million percent could have used the machine just once and then the trick works because another guy can just be waiting up there and he can just drop down but no the reason he can't you know why the movie fucking tells you why he can't do that it's the same reason that he gets so pissed about having the um, root the guy who's like the double of him it's because he doesn't want to share the spotlight yeah he can't fucking bear the idea of like someone else sharing the applause so he is literally willing to go into the fucking water tank or be up on the stage every night. Like, he literally doesn't know which it's, one it's going to be. It's kind of stupid. And that's my other theory, is that the because reason it's obviously... when he goes into the tank, he's freaking out when Bale's there, even though he knows there's a chance he'll go in, is because, A, he doesn't know which one he's going to be, so the one that goes in is like, fuck! But I... also, I think he's really trying to convince Bale that he's dead. You know, no, I, I thought that was the point. He's like, oh no, I'm drowning! No, Bale, you killed me! Yeah, yeah. That's Where's the bloody locks? <laughs> so good. But that's what I thought. He actually is faking in front of Bale. Yes. So he be- that's so yeah. fucking so great. great. That's such a great but how, idea. But I, I say this. It's obviously the double... The, the one inside the machine... The water tank. is The one that gets dropped into the yeah. water tank, that's the real one. You think? It's not a teletransportation machine. It's a duplication. That's machine. true. Yeah. But this is the other great thing. Is that... Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. The, is that it doesn't matter because hmm. the very first time Jackman uses it, the duplication appears in front of him and he shoots him immediately and kills him. So even if it was the other Jackman who gets duplicated, he's killed himself either way. Yeah, he's, he's killed the one that spawns. Yeah, yeah, he's, machine and he's, he's killed, killed the, the copy and machine. he's killed his original body yeah, over so. and over again. It's, it's so good. It's, it's, it's a really interesting, interesting idea. I know that um, Christopher Nolan tried really fucking hard to get David Bowie in the movie and David Bowie initially said no and I think Nolan had to personally like go to him and say you know I loved you in like The Man Who Fell to Earth and Merry Christmas Mr. Lawrence you know there is no one else I can think of to play Nikola Tesla except you and it is really insane to think that BuzzFeed or like the modern kind of meme and nerd culture hasn't caught on to the fact that Batman, Wolverine, Black Widow I'm sure there's one more oh yeah Alfred and um, fucking... David Bowie and Gollum were all in a film together. That's pretty fucking crazy, right? That's, yeah. That's actually pretty crazy. It's pretty awesome that David Bowie is Tesla. Every time I watch them, I'm like, holy fuck, David Bowie. It's great. So good. Doesn't even sing. What a waste. (laughs) David Bowie's so great. Oh my God, Tesla singing. 
Tesla singing. Alternating current. <laughs> Scarlett Johansson doesn't do a lot in this film. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, Scarlett Johansson, it's... Really? How famous was she by now? She was super famous. She, I think yeah, she so just weird. I think she'd already gotten an Oscar nomination for um, uh, oh my god, what's the film called? It's not Matchpoint. She was meant. To, she was. She'd already got an Oscar nomination, and she had been in you know Lost in Translation and like, but this is sort of um a big dip in her career at this point, and then really? she she bounces back with Iron Man two, and of course she's in Iron Man, th- um of course Rebecca Hall is in Iron Man three, which I forgot. Oh, what? Yeah, Rebecca Hall is, is she? um, she's a scientist who's helping Guy Pierce in Iron Man 3, and she gets, like, she appears in Minute 20 and gets killed by Minute 40. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Yeah, she's kind of wasted in that film. She's a really good actress, Rebecca Hall. I wish she, um, had had more kind of work the last five, six years. She is so good in, um, The Town, which I believe she got nominated for Best Supporting Actress for. Mm. No, Blake Lively may have. Yeah, she, she's really good in the town. Hmm. Playing a very, um, I don't want to say misogynist, but a very, you know, um, unhelpful role for an actress. Have you seen The Town? No. Oh, it's really good. It, it really made me go like, fuck, Ben Affleck should only direct. Because he's really good. Yeah. It's a really good film. I um, think he's a... I think he's a really good director. I don't know. He's pretty good in Gongo. Oh, it's amazing in Gone Girl. But, like, that's yeah. just the perfect role. That's the most perfect role that's ever been written for him. Yes, definitely. Yeah, he's, like, meant to be the untrustable, like, scumbag. I was so excited that he was going to do Strangers on a Train with Gillian Flynn. Like, they were going to remake it with... I think it was going to be him and um, maybe Casey, which would have been weird. No, it was him and another actor, like, a really big name, um... And he was going to be the scumbag in Strangers on a Train, hmm. which would have been fucking excellent. Because yeah, oh god, that would have been good. Hmm. I was like, that got me so pumped. I watched the trailer today for the uh, Rebecca remake that Ben Wheatley's doing with Army Hammer, which I'm curious about. Yeah, yeah, I love the original Rebecca a lot. I know Hitchcock fucking hated it, but like, it's a really good film. And Olivier is like, hmm. I love Army Hammer, but he's not fucking Lawrence Olivier. No one, no one is Lawrence Olivier. Jesus Christ. You know who Nolan would have definitely worked with if uh, he was still alive instead of Michael Caine? Olivier. Yeah. Caine, oh, we, we were saying this earlier. Fucking Caine. Maybe the best Caine role, except for Alfred. But Alfred only because he gets three movies well, of character. Alfred... In Batman 1, we know Alfred, who Alfred is Alfred fucking is. great. Yeah. And it's a very... It's a very it's iconic. Tough. It's yeah, a very iconic, iconic character. But he Alfred, totally gets to reinvent Alfred him. Alfred is just begins. as famous as Batman. Batman, in a way. Yeah. Uh, he, if you ask like a kid in the middle of like Mumbai, who like Alfred was, they'd probably be like maybe Batman. But like Batman is more famous. But yeah, Batman. But like and you Alfred. connect them so much. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Like I'm sorry. If you were to ask someone people, tells me Alfred, if you're gonna ask people what the second most famous Batman, what the most famous Batman character after Joker was, they'd probably say Alfred. Yes. Yeah. Even more than any other villain. Yeah. Yeah. Almost certainly. Like Catwoman, maybe. But like, yeah, Alfred's super famous. But like, I think Kane gets to reinvent him so much in Begins, and I think yeah. Begins is Begins is by far my favorite Alfred. But in this film, I love um, what he gets to do as um, Cutter. Like okay. he, he's so good Mr. Petunity in this film you mentioned it on the screening I think the double they get for Hugh Jackman yes you mentioned it I agree 
Should have been a different actor. It, it a million percent should have been um like, oh god, who could they have gotten? We should have thought about this. I don't know, but Guy Pierce. Guy Pierce. Imagine they got Guy Pierce. That'd be so great. But like the the problem is that they have the same actor. Then you look at Bale, uh, and that's the same actor twice. It's really meta. So when it's you think it's about too it, meta yeah. that way. It's like eh, it's very meta. Yeah. If they got a second actor that looked just enough. Because you have to think that the audience are going to be looking from a yeah distance. from a distance yeah so it would it would have oh made my sense God. I would have loved it so much if Nolan had gotten Guy Pierce that would have been so great yeah do you want to hear a crazy thing like I'm going to talk about it on Begins again next week but like do you know who originally was offered Rasha Ghul Guy, Guy Pierce oh yeah Liam Neeson was not the first choice which is fucking insane because <laughs> Liam Neeson's great um, um does he do a lot of action in Guy Pierce. No, um, Liam Neeson. In Begins. Hmm. Oh, you'll see next week. Is he in a lot of action scenes? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's got like. When did he become an action star? Begins. Begins is it. Really? I thought thought it was Taken. Taken is two years after. You have to think that he became famous for being an action star. You know, Taken begins that era. He was in the Phantom Menace. Oh shit! Of course, that's. But like. no one remembers his action scenes, really. Yeah, they, yeah, they do. It's the most famous thing about Phantom Menace. Yeah, remember yeah no, 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 you're him. right. Phantom, Phantom Menace. Yeah, I, I think Begins is the the one that really starts people going, yeah, fuck Liam Neeson. And then Taken is like... Yeah, you, if you ask them... Taken's a classic Hollywood formula. You take like a salt and pepper like movie star and put them in an action movie. And Taken just happened to perform better than any other of those movies in history. Yeah. Like, Taken made so much fucking money. I still haven't seen it. Like, take it... Oh! It's... Like, it's not... It's not that memorable, but it's not terrible. Like, it... Why is it... Like, I... I just want to know why it's so... So, I, so successful. Yeah, why it's everyone the line, was it's, talking it's about the it. It's the monologue. It's the monologue. I will find you. Yeah. And I will... That is literally the reason. Yeah, it, it's just like fucking mm. John Wick... Well, John Wick had great action, but like... Majority of people I know who like talked about John Wick were like, they killed okay, his, they killed his so dog. It's John Wick. Yeah, I'm guessing I'm back. Okay, I'm sorry for um, terrible scene. talking about something else. But your favorite, what's your favorite moment? Any moment in John Wick? One. Yes. Any John Wick, really? Oh fuck! Well, I don't like two and three. Yeah, um, of course. Oh, you know what? The moment in two where he just kills the guy at the end is pretty fun. Um... That's right, Jonathan. Just walk up. Uh, I don't know, man. That's a tough question. I got so fucking I, I pumped have... in that scene in John Wick 3 where he was building the gun and it's like the good, the bad, and the ugly. And then he just used it once. And I was like, yeah. no, that's <laughs> your gun for the rest of the movie. You just spent... You just raised that as your child. Why haven't they done a John Wick movie where he has limited bullets? Oh, well, that fucking... That would take a smart writer and director game. <laughs> no, I, I like Chad Stahelski and I really don't think those movies are terrible. I just find them really boring. boring. Yeah, boring. Yeah, which they and shouldn't people be. love them. Yeah, but people love them in the same way people... Lo- I hate to make this comparison, but they're the same as the Fast and Furious movies. Fast and Furious movies are good, though. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> it was... I was surprised by 8. I, I told you! I fucking told it. you! Like, game, game, we watched 7 and you were like, yeah, people say this is the good one. I'm like, it's not... The, the, the ending of 7 is really bad. Yes. No, so, not the ending. Sorry. The final action bit of 7 is really bad. So the ending is fucking amazing with Paul Walker. But then, um... Yeah, no. 8, I said to you, 8 is like... 
the Infinity War of the Fast and Furious. And you're like, there's no fucking way. It's, it's not good. Infinity War, but no, it's actually pretty good. I said good. something to you of like, yeah. it's, it's the Skyfall to the, like... To like, the Craig movies. Yeah, it's the Skyfall of the Fast and Furious. And you're like, no way. And we watched it. It's, it was great. Pretty good. It's yeah. a really fun movie. And, um... Okay, you know what? My favorite moment in, in John Wick. In John yeah, Wick. Yeah. It's very clear to me. And yeah. it wasn't. it's not an action moment. It's when they're talking about John Wick. It's like, you pissed off John Wick? What are you talking... What are you talking about? Um, uh, the man with a pencil. With a fucking pencil. Yeah. And and you see John Wick slowly walking through yeah. his basement. And he takes the thing. And it's sledgehammer. Yeah, yeah. Breaks his yeah, light and breaks the That's claw. literally because you've got fucking... Um, oh my God. Uh, Michael Nykvist. Building up the thread of John Wick. Yes. And that's my favorite moment. And when I tell that to people, they're like, no. It's, no, actually. It's my... the fight in the house. And I'm like, no. No, the fight in the house is good. But my it's when favorite he breaks moment. the fucking floor. To get his guns. My actual favourite beat in the entire film is when he has to... He's going through the club and, like, you've got the cool music playing. And um, he's got that one great beat where he, like, throat punches that guy. And he goes to shoot him and he's out of bullets. So he has to reload before he can, like, kill the guy. (laughs) And I wish they did more of that. I wish they did more of the messy action of it. And my problem with 2 and 3 is that... A, he takes way too much fucking damage and it becomes ridiculous. And B, the, uh, the action spawns, is way too clean. Enemies spawn. Yeah, yeah. Uh, dumb. It's so dumb. Yeah. And um, they're not. You know what? I'm, yeah. I'm excited to see another one. No. Well, they're gonna keep they're making fun. them forever. So they're like, fun. Keanu is gonna be the new Clint Eastwood, where he'll just like. We should have done Bill and Ted. <laughs> yeah. True. Um, <laughs> I've never seen them, so. I don't know what what's like the most exciting action like fucking tenant no I was gonna say what's the most exciting um, like new action IP that we really have oh Dune Dune no I'm thinking like that we've seen that's like like what's better than John Wick that we can compare it to I mean the raid the raid for me was not raid 2 but raid 1 was like everything that I kind of love in action in many ways yeah, Even no, though Ray's I'm not the biggest good. fan of the Penchak Salat like style of fighting, I, I think like the way they wave their arms and like the way they like kind of ho 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 like in between moves got really annoying for me a little bit watching them again. But like mm. Raid One, like the fucking violence of that is so fucking refreshing. I prefer Dread. Yeah. I'm the one if you ask Raid or Dread, I say Dread. I like Dread a lot. I, I just um, I haven't rewatched it a lot. I've watched it twice. I really like the ending with um, Lynn Hetty's death and stuff. Yeah, when he throws oh, so, it so good. So satisfying. I love the bit where um, Anderson gets the drop on the other judge and he's like, and he's like, wait, he's like, Judge Dredd. And all you have to say, he has this moment, he's like, all you have to say is wait. Wait for what? Wait for an answer? Wait for... And then he gets shot and he's like, no, wait for her to shoot you. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Carl Urban is so fucking good in that performance. Yeah. He actually is so fucking good. Hmm. Um, you know who should work with Nolan? Carl Urban. Urban. Did you see the, the, the tweet Carl Urban made? No, what did he tweet? D- Duncan Jones uh, tweeted, um, this should have been dread, this should be dread, and it was a photo of Josh Brolin, I think. Oh. And then Carl Urban retweeted with a post of Warcraft on the, on the, uh, and the Rotten Tomatoes score next to it. No! It was hilarious. Oh my god, what a beast! That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> like, holy shit. Holy fuck, Carl Urban is based. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, like, I, I really like Duncan Jones as a filmmaker. I, I, yeah, no, I like I, I like fucking hated Mute. 
I didn't mind Warcraft. I thought Warcraft was fine. Mute? Yeah, his last film with um, oh, it's in it. Yes, I, Netflix film. I like moments in Warcraft. That's um, Mermaid Moon. That's so good. Ah, that's so good. Carl <laughs> Urban's fucking awesome. Yeah, I love that. I love actors who just don't give a fuck like that. Mm. But there, but you kind of respect it in a way. I yeah. like it. He's so cool. Um, do we have to say much more about Prestige? It's great. Yeah, it's great. Um, a lot of details on could... it, and a lot of um. It's I very... wish we could deconstruct more about like why it's effective and other twist movies like this. Like, like for example, Now You See Me, perfect example of a movie that has a fucking stupid twist. Well, it has a twist, and I haven't seen it. Oh, yeah. But you told me why it doesn't work. Yeah, it's uh, the detective Mark Ruffalo has been in on it the whole time. He's actually like, yeah. he's actually the leader of the magicians. Hmm. The reason it doesn't work is because you have seen Mark Ruffalo on his own, where he's like. Investigating. investigating himself and like so like he it just it doesn't it's just make not sense. set up properly yeah like what are the a mistake they could have made in this film that would like be really obvious is like um a scene where Hugh Jackman is on his own and he's like monologuing to himself and he's using his British act he's not using his British accent or like I don't know or like oh, I don't know it's funny because there is a scene where Christian Bale is arguing with himself and he's in costume as Fallon as the other guy but it makes sense because he's meant to always be disguised. Yeah. That's part of the story. That's why the wife kills herself. Yes. No, it makes sense because it doesn't... The twist doesn't break the narrative. And yeah. I do think some films, the twist, break the narrative in a way. Well, they, they break them their own logic just to have a twist. Yeah. yeah. It's very true. See, Even Fight Club is, borders is, on that. This is like, one of the reasons I don't like anime sometimes because oh, definitely. so many animes try to finish with a twist mm. that's like that and it's like you just had a twist for having a twist yes exactly you didn't have a twist because you built up to it you just had a twist to give an emotional ending yeah and that's something I hate when people do that when they force you to have an emotion mm. it's like oh aren't you sad that your character's dying it's like well no because you didn't set it up I'm trying to think what my most like I was thinking Arrival I was thinking of like my most satisfying twists from movies from like recent years um I like that the very final beat of it is um Bale like discovering just how fucking crazy Jackman is like yeah. he finds all those bodies did I mention ever that I'm not a fan of Donnie Darko oh how could you it's fucking cinema perfection according to 12 year old me <laughs> Great soundtrack. <laughs> one one of the best soundtracks of any film ever, actually. Love Donnie Darko's soundtrack. Do you like, um... Not twist, but twist uh, to a formula. Do you like, uh... You Are Next? You're Next? Yeah. Yeah, I really like that film. Um, I That's my favourite Adam Wingard film, by far. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen The Guest. It's really good. But yeah, I have to watch it. Yeah, the that's guest. a close second to me. Yeah, and then the rest of his films are garbage. <laughs> kind um, of. Yeah, yeah. I'm not keen for King versus uh, King King Godzilla versus Kong, Mothra. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, um, I, I don't know why. I'm just not keen for it. Because well, I know why. Because we saw Godzilla King of the Monsters. Oh, Godzilla oh, King of the Monsters, shit. trash! And We're everyone, fucking... everyone disagrees. They're just idiots. Don't want to see no, Godzilla you, fight. You, you can disagree with us. Let them fight. But like, they're like, oh, but the fights were cool, were good. No, they weren't. Yeah, they actually no, they weren't. weren't. I, I like can't even remember. Like I remember the bit with um uh Gigan. Is Gigan the big like pterodactyl? 
That's Rodan. Scott, oh, it's Rodan. 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 Rodan, yeah. yeah. The bit with Rodan, like, spitting and knocking the jets is the bit I remember. Yeah, that was the best action bit. Yeah. But the problem with the action is that it's it's completely separated from the rest of the film. Feels like it, yeah. I would have loved if it was shot from the perspective of the humans a bit more. Oh, it's so cool. And if it was, like, if the camera was lower when filming it. Like, like in 2014, Godzilla 2014 does that really well. Yeah, that's true. It films that's from very really well true. and it makes the creatures feel really big I was going to say well um, now it looks like a cartoon I was going to say like the best kaiju film Pacific Rim yeah it's also so the same does Pacific Rim so well. does scale perfectly oh and God. then you watch Pacific Rim abstracting and it's a cartoon everyone feels like they're action figures yeah it's a yeah. cartoon so what are we talking about this? I think I think the best um, <laughs> film that like does a monster like in scale and perspective like fucking perfectly even though it's not a monster movie is um Oh, it is a monster movie. The, the host. Bong Joon-ho film. Like that just fucking nails um, scale. That opening scene is really good. Oh, it's so good. I'm, I don't love the film. <laughs> Gotta be honest. I love the host. I really like it. Um, um, I saw Have the... you seen Okja? No. Okja's great, yeah. It's funny. He's done two like big animal films. We're not, I didn't think of that. We're not even watching. We're not even talking about... I'm trying to think of like other shit we can talk about. It's just good. I don't know. I don't know what, what else I can say. Yeah, good movie. <laughs> good movie. This, this is going to be our shortest podcast. Ever. I can't believe this. Ever. No. We have to go deeper. We have to go deeper into, into this perspective. Into, into this narrative. One of the kids, um, the baby uh, of um, Borden is played by Christopher Nolan's own baby. He's what? Cute. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's kind of great. Yeah. How many kids does he have? Does four. He's four kids. Four kids? Yeah. Wow. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Four di- different wives. <laughs> he has had sex four times in his life. No, come on. Please. <laughs> <laughs> who was it? Like, who once joked? Was it us who fucking joked about, like, what must having sex with James Cameron be like? <laughs> like, you see that scene in Terminator, and it's very it's very passionate, but you're also like, that guy must be a weird lover. The whole time he's just thinking... I wish I was under the ocean right now. <laughs> it's like he, he's, I wish I was under pressure right now. <laughs> he has to, he has to, he has to fuck like the ending of um. God, why are we talking about this? He has to fuck like the ending of um the Spy Who Loved Me, where Bond's under the ocean in the fucking machine. I wish Bond was a bit more like that. I don't know, it's sexist. Oh fuck! I shouldn't have said. You that. know what they need to do? I shouldn't have. No, said no, that. I agree with you. Ah. There's two things they need to do. Keep it in the fucking 60s. Make it fun. Oh, yes. Make it fun. Make it colourful. Make it vibrant. Like, lean into all the silly shit of Bond. Please. Yes. Keep it in the 60s so you can... Like, Man From U.N.C.L.E. is the right tone for all future Bonds. I don't like Man From U.N.C.L.E., but, like, you could do a million of them for the rest of time. Set in that era, you've got the fucking Soviet Union, you've got the Cold War, you can just have... Yes. You can have rival spy agencies, you can have all the fun of it, you can make fun of it, and you can lean into it, and you can fucking just keep no. doing Bond stuff. And you know what? Make fun of the misogyny of the past to comment on the future. Like, you can have Money Penny say something like, oh, that's fine, you know, I bet one day I, I won't just have to be a secretary. Ha <laughs> ha! I fucking hate you, James Bond. Like, you know, you have the scene where, like, Bond, like, comes in and he's charming her and she's smiling and grinning and, like, signing paperwork or whatever. And she's like, oh, yes, and we'll see you now. She goes and uh, opens the door and then he goes in and she closes the door and she's like, motherfucker. 
It'd be great. Asshole. I would have so much fun doing a Bond film like that. Yeah, it'd be he doesn't a 60s Bond film. And, and you don't have to Austin Powers it. You you can, there's a middle ground. You, you remember the um, the action bit when they when they're chasing the bad guy? He he's in a small car with a police officer. It's a police officer. It's like quite fat. Oh, oh yeah. I'm um, fucking uh, fatty. Uh, what's his name? Um, Sheriff Sheriff Pepper or whatever. Yeah, it is. Uh, he was in the previous in film and he's Man, in this Man film. of the Golden Gun. Yeah, 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 and and he has they they have to I'm cross too the bridge. Good at this. Yeah, they do, they do the spin. They, they have to cross the, yeah. a, a river, and it's a bridge that one side has it's curved. like it's slightly curved to the right, and another side is slightly curved to the left. So they they go, and they fucking the car spins Falls up perfectly. Yeah. No, I, I, excuse me, Gabe. You realize somebody did that for real? No. Yes. It's edited. No, that's a real jump that someone did. No. Yeah, it's very famous from the film. It's fucking really? incredible. Yeah, I've watched it that's like... amazing. I've watched it like 10 times. Oh, I, lo- I love that one. They did that for real. How the fuck did you think they did it? I thought it was edited. I thought it was like... No, they, it's for it's, real. It's, they do it like this once and then they do it like this. No, the they definitely did it for real. But like... It would be so much harder to just like have a car coming at a curved angle. My, 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 yeah. my dad used to watch this one scene all the time. The one with the, the boat in Live and Let Die. Oh, yeah, it's so good. As a, there's a moment that uh, it jumps over a, a yeah. road. <laughs> the, the guy that's driving is black. I know it's a stunt double. Yeah, yeah. But it's meant to be James Bond. Who is oh, no. <laughs> That's great. It's like, it's like, it's I think there's like a guy in a car, but I know James Bond is black. No. Though. That's great. But that action bit is, oh my God. Fun action like that. They yeah, didn't do yeah, that yeah. anymore. Yeah, I miss it. I miss it. I honestly miss it. It's the one thing I kind of dig about, you know, not Kingsman, because they're so CG heavy. But like, yeah, I really miss that. At least Bond Kingsman, films. Is, they're trying to be really fun action scenes. But yeah, imagine like Bond in the 60s with like my favorite Bond, like, I think. They land on, on, on a on a pool yeah. where they're having a party, like like uh, this this Kinsinera party or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he, they interrupt that and he has to spin around to be able to go back into the river. It's hilarious. It's mm. great. By the way, this is the same year as um, Casino Royale, of course. And you mm. know who was up for Bond? Who's in this movie? Who? Bale. Jackman. Jackman? Jackman was very close to getting Bond, allegedly. I could see Bale before Jackman. Yeah, I agree. I think Bale would have been better. Um, But, you know, he's already locked in as Batman. I think Craig is good. Craig Craig is, out of those three, Craig is definitely the best. We mentioned this last time. No, we had this conversation earlier today that Craig is number three now with most films yeah but, but just by a small margin like you know no, but like no, no one will ever beat Roger Moore there's still, a, there's still a significant how many did Roger Moore do so we've got um, oh my god, I've, got a na- I've got a name though. oh my god okay we've got Live and Let Die Octopussy Man with the uh, Live and Let Die Octopussy Man with the Golden Gun uh, fucking Who's Moonraker Moonraker the Spy Who Loved Me the one with the sock yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. What's Sp- that one? Spy Who Loved Me oh Spy Who Loved Me, um, and of course, View to a Kill is his last one. Are we missing any in there? I think that's it. I think it's six. No, it's got to be more. It's got to be one more, isn't there? The Spy Who Loved Me, yeah. Is it just six? No, it's more than six, I'm sure. Dalton only gets two, and Laserby gets one. Connery does um, Dr. No. Uh, Dr. No from Russia With Love, my favourite Bond. Uh, Goldfinger, Thunderball, you remember the twice. Stop in this podcast for this. Diamonds are forever. 
And he technically also does, of course, um, Never Say Never Again, which isn't technically Bond canon. Which one? Never Say Never Again, directed by um, directed by Richard Marquand. Uh, sorry, ah, directed by that... Irvin Kirshner. Yeah, is that the one that is... That's the one that's not technically Bond canon. No, I really want to know how many Roger Moore did. <laughs> okay. I think it's six. Is that it? Oh my god, Craig is getting close. Yeah, that, that's the list. Yeah, I thought it was more. Yeah, so... Connery does Doctor No from Russia with Love, Goldfinger, Thunderball, You Only Live Twice. I, um, Lazenby does Majesties. Connery comes back for Diamonds, so that's six. Um, then we've got Roger Moore. We've got Live and Let Die, Man with the Golden Gun, Spy Who Loved Me, Moonraker, For Your Eyes Only, Octopussy. I think I forgot For Your Eyes Only. No, you mentioned For Your Eyes Only. Yeah? Mm. You sure? I think I forgot it. No, no, you forgot it. You mentioned the, it. the Spy Who Loved Me. Yes, that's the one I always get mixed Just up. Just seven. For Your Eyes Only is pretty average. There's a great scene where they get dragged through like a coral reef. Yeah, so Roger Moore did seven. Wait, who does you only live twice? Uh, Connery. That's Connery, right? Yeah, yeah the, lo- one where he, the one where he gets made up in Asian face. Oh, that's right. You don't I'm remember? So you sorry. forgot that, didn't I'm you? So sorry. He I'm... literally, to infiltrate oh Japan, they have to put him in Asia oh, face. no. It's so fucking bad. Why do I like It's by this film? far the most... Of, it, it's a great film. It's like by that far ending, the most offensive. It's one movie. of the best endings. I'm in, trying to remember the, it. Is, it. Is that the one in the volcano? With the with the bass, yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's I love I love when, whenever yeah. it's a bass at the end. They don't do as well bass. As, spy who loves you. No, they're going to for um Ryan Malik. Like they've clearly hinted they're going to do a bass. They don't do bass. They're, at they're doing a bass. They're, they're doing the a bass. Best. There's going to be a bass. There's going to be a bass. Relax, Gabe. Relax. There's going to be a bass. There's going to be a bass in fucking um. By the way, we're doing Bond. Uh, yeah, Craig. Right. Craig. Obviously, yeah, we're yeah, doing, doing Craig's. Yeah, but yeah. Oh, God, talk about quantum. Fucking hate that movie. <laughs> Well, we've got um, two more Nolans to do. No, three. Fucking hell, I'm so dumb. Three. Three. Trois. I love how repeatedly through this film, with the birds and with the hats and with Michael Caine saying, he's using a double. Nolan is just like giving away the twist. Like, yeah, he's giving both away Both of them. Like, yeah. uh, like, they're all your hats, Mr. Angier. It's like, of course you know that he's duplicating himself and murdering the other. Okay, th- that's a twist that doesn't work for me. That he's duplicating himself and murdering the other. Obviously, that's what's happening. Yeah. I didn't see how that was a twist. Like, it's treated like a twist, kind of. It's treated like a twist in that you as the audience, like the audience in the show, are seeing the Jackman on stage vanish and the Jackman up stage appear. But in reality, he's killing the Jackmans under the stage. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, like, meant to be the horrifying final thing you realise. Do we see Hugh Jackman kill... The first one? Yes, he shoots him. Do we actually see it? Of course. I forgot yeah. it. Okay, you see it. You see it. I was going to mention that maybe there's always two Jackmans. Yeah, well, that would be the hilarious thing is if like it actually was something where he... Where he actually... There's yeah. actually another Jackman apart yeah, yeah, from the yeah, one yeah. that Well, that's, that's what he should do if he was a moral human being, but he's gone insane. And like they could just change positions and like take the applause each other night, but no, he... He a million percent is just killing the other Hugh Jackmans. Okay, I'm an asshole. Yeah. You know this. Do the two Hugh Jackmans have the same size penis? <laughs> yes, of course. It's a, it's a copy. I know. Okay, but um, the machine that they invented, it's not just a duplication machine. It could also work as a teletransportation machine. Yeah, you could. Because the distance <laughs> is think, so different do you, do you in think, every scene. Do you think Tesla, like, put a note on the machine that said, oh, by the way, press this button if you don't want to duplicate. You probably don't want a lot of clones of yourself running around. And Jackman just didn't read it, so he's just, like, <laughs> using the other setting the whole time. 
This button to Literally. teleport, this button to duplicate. Yeah. I mean, like, the stick just went off. Yeah, he just goes, both buttons at the same time, every time. <laughs> you know what I do like about it? Um, and, and the thing that I think is very personal to Nolan is that one of the magicians is the showman, which is Jackman. The other one is the craftsman. And I think for Nolan, him. it's they're both parts of him, right? In the same way that um, in following, both Cobb and uh, the writer, the narrator... Are parts of Nolan like oh, I, I, I really I say, see that um, very clearly. It's kind of like Charlie Kaufman's film. Oh yeah, where he adaptation. Adaptation. Right, right. It's like adaptation. They're both parts of Kaufman. Yeah, yeah. They both are him. Charlie and um, Charlie and uh, Donald Kaufman. Like he doesn't want his you know blockbusters. We need to talk about this film. One he day. doesn't want his. He doesn't want his blockbusters to. He doesn't want his blockbuster side to control his career. But he wants people to watch his movies. He yeah. wants the audience. He wants the applause. Yeah, and, he and he's a bit has, like this fit this, and like a magic trick, he has managed to make a career out of making increasingly complicated films. Yeah, and he's definitely never going to stop doing. Do that. you think he'll ever do a two million dollar film? No, I don't think he can anymore. I I, I think it's like Tarantino, where like he needs to make. <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm not being facetious about this. I think literally, um, I, I really don't want to be glib, but I don't think Tarantino tomorrow could make a film like Reservoir Dogs. I don't think he'd get it financed. I think it really? needs... Yeah, I really do. And the reason is because with distribution now, you need these films to be event films. Otherwise, people aren't going to show up. I really do think that's the case now. So do you think that Russo Brothers can't... No. Make... I don't think they could make... A movie they want. They need to work in a franchise. I don't new. think they need to work in a franchise. I think every movie you make now needs to be an event in the way that a game launch or like a, um, a, a new TV show is an event. I really do think that's the world we live in now where even if you're making an indie film like think about the marketing for fucking um, A Quiet Place One. it's not really an indie what's a good example um, A24 films yeah, well A24 and Blumhouse like every one of those films is marketed like an event and mm. like that is those are the films that get released in cinemas now if you're going straight to Netflix you can make whatever who fucking cares but like they do guys like Nolan and, and Tarantino and even Spielberg now they don't get to make um, small fry films. Like Spielberg tried it with Bridge of Spies and yeah, it did well, but like, you I don't, don't get think, to um, make big event. You have to make every film a big event. I do. Even they market it as a big event and it has the budget. I do think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is kind of a smaller film. Even if it's like it's really Very highly expensive. budgeted. Yeah. It's just a story of a actor that he doesn't want to um, that's true yeah, yeah become no, a blockbuster guy right. and, and, I, I think the I mean, story is very no personal. movie no movie he's made is smaller than Hateful Eight Hateful Eight is literally like a stage play yeah, yeah I, right. I know he made it a stage play but like it literally is a one room film hmm. for almost all of it like he, he's really um, great and uh, and minimalist like that but I don't but but again it's a it's his smallest film right yeah he didn't fucking shoot it like on a soundstage with 35 mil he had to shoot it on literally cameras that hadn't been used in 50 years with That's lenses that were last used on like a child and heston film i, I, I was like think... it was so fucking ridiculous but i loved it i, I think but i think that's what tarantino wanted to <laughs> no rob richardson apparently discovered them that was the cool thing was it was rob richardson but like, like i'm pretty sure oh, tarantino, tarantino was so into it he, he was so into it it's like it's not like tarantino um, can't make yeah something small Dan he Zazarsky, doesn't want to make something rob, small. robert was, richardson met with dan Sazarsky from Pan- panavision who's like one of my favorite fucking guys 
and literally found the lenses and was like, what are those? And, and Dan, Suzaki, Dan Suzaki was telling him like the history of them. He was like, oh, Quentin's going to love these. So without Quentin knowing, he went out and shot tests with a couple of other camera assistants of like mountains and shit and then screened them at Panavision's um, like theatre for Tarantino. And Tarantino was like, oh my God, what, what are we doing? And, and <laughs> Richardson talked about it on Vanity Fair recently and he was like, Quentin, do you want to shoot like this? He's like, Oh boy, yeah! <laughs> oh boy! He's like in a candy jumped store. In, jumped in an octave by like five feet. He's in a candy store every time he... That's when he discovered what love was, and that's why he got married soon after it. <laughs> I really... Love it. <laughs> now, that, um, now that Tarantino has made more films than um, Tarantino is allegedly ever going to make, how do you Nine? feel about Tarantino's... Nolan's made 11 films now. Mm-hmm. Um... And Tarantino's made nine if you don't count the thing, the other things he's directed. Um, or the other films he's written. No. What do you um, think about the ten, the ten film theory? That like, That's stupid. I generally I think bet, it's I stupid. I bet he'll come back. I bet he'll be gone for like five, six years and then he'll get bored and then he'll come back. <laughs> yeah, get bored. No, for real. Like, yes. I, 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 don't, I don't want to say that he's I, but he, the most awkward thing was I told you that he brought it up on um, Hollywood Reporter when he was at the round table and he was sitting right next to Ridley Scott and you could just tell that he was trying really hard to not say I don't want to keep making films forever because you know after a certain point a director by the way apparently Ridley Scott's new TV show Raised by Wolves is fucking excellent so I should watch it he Ridley Scott's just making TV shows He's making Get another alien film. Yeah, he's making another alien We need to talk about... We need to talk about... Godfather... Part 3. What, what do we need to talk about? It's already the most anticipated movie of the year. Like... Re-edit. People already know, Gabe. People already I know. I didn't know. People are lining up. I saw the other day. You know what I saw? I saw people sleeping on the streets outside the Ritz Cinema waiting for Godfather <laughs> 3. They're like, the theatre will have it. We're waiting. <laughs> There's going to be a No, but really, why the fuck is Coppola doing it? <laughs> I agree that Godfather 3 needs to be fixed. I don't think it Does needs... It? Yeah, no, Does it? No, not really. Though? Not I don't really. know what you can do. How can you re-edit that? He's going to cut his daughter out of every single fucking scene. <laughs> He's going to digitally replace her with fucking... No, no, no. It's going to be cut out. It's going to be fucking... Um, when, when at the end... Uh, freaking... Oh, that's the name. Uh, Pacino is just going to be like reacting to someone's death, but you're, you're not going to see it. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. What a fucking good film. The Prestige. Oh, great. Not Godfather 3. <laughs> Godfather Part 3, yeah, Mason. The Prestige. Where does it... We're doing rankings in a couple of weeks, never mind. Redoing them. Redoing them. <laughs> what are you talking about? We never did. We never did. It was never done. It never happened. Did we do the, Did we do them at the beginning of Dunkirk or following? We did it at the end of Dunkirk. Oh, that's stupid. What a that stupid was a joke. Idea. That was a joke. I know. It was a, it's it's a funny dumb. joke. I still think it's funny. Uh, anyway. We couldn't not have had Fenner Branca joke for this long if it wasn't for this. It's true. Thank you. For li- thank you thank you for listening to our cinematic universe. I'm Byron. I'm Gabe. We'll see you next week for The Dark Knight Begins. No we, we Oh no wait, we, we've, we, we've, 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 we've it? begun. Oh. We've begun. Now we're going to get dark. And Fenner Branca. Fenner Branca.
Wow. Oh, yeah, there he is, Dan Sasaki oh. from Panavision. Nice. What? David Copperfield? Oh, the modern David Copperfield, right. <laughs> <laughs> that makes more sense. Bye!